In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today I want to talk um, a little bit about the life of St. James, the brother of the Lord who we celebrate today, and um, our connection with Christ, and that this connection has the power to change us, if we are willing. So James, the brother of the Lord, um, he was the Lord's stepbrother. But we know it's important, I think, to understand because we hear this brother of the Lord and we think, well, did Mary have other children? No, Joseph had children before he was betrothed to Mary from Salome. And Salome passed away and Joseph then was betrothed to the mother of God to take care of her. But it's interesting to note the children of Joseph was Simon, Jude, who was one of the twelve, James, one of the seventy, the brother of the Lord, Joseph, who was Barsabbas or Justice, one of the seventy, Salome was his daughter who married Zebedee, who birthed John and James, and Esther, uh, another sister. So you see, this isn't like God just walked in and said, oh, I want you, you, and you. This was all prepared. This was a prepared uh, activity of God to prepare a family, Joseph and his children, from Salome to help build the kingdom of God. It's very powerful to see that, uh, how the Lord kind of orchestrated all this uh, beforehand and, and used Joseph uh, and his family to help build the kingdom. Uh, it's uh, said, too, that uh, James, the brother of the Lord, traveled with Mary and Joseph Egypt when, the, uh, when Herod began to attack the children, kill the holy children in, uh, uh, in Israel. Um, he was the first, uh, he wrote the first liturgy. So you need to be grateful that we don't perform that one. It was very long. <laughs> you think this was long. <laughs> so, and... St. Basil re reduced it a bit, and then St. John reduced it even a little bit more. So, uh, but where did we get the liturgy? Why are we praying the way we pray? It was given to us first by St. James, the brother of the Lord. Very beautiful. He was the uh, bishop of, the, uh, of Jerusalem for 30 years uh, and called the first council. Uh, of all the apostles to come together to decide how they were going to receive the Gentiles. And this was the format by which the church is always followed to, to uh, develop or to, uh, when a question arises, a council is called to determine how the church will respond to it. Uh, he was martyred for Christ uh, at the age of 67. So for us, Joseph, devoted to God, totally devoted from the very beginning. Of all the brothers and sisters, he knew right away that this was the Christ and devoted his life to it. And so we need to, we need to be that way to, to uh, we need to be devoted to God in that way. We seek the Christ. You know the Christ. Are you devoted to him? Is he like the first, your first devotion? We need to kind of grab that 
from St. James and ask his prayers to help us to be devoted as he was to our Lord. Uh, so, uh, in the gospel, we hear uh, the demoniac is, uh, is uh, approached by the Lord, and um, the demon, this is always interesting to me, people didn't know who Christ was. You know who the knew Christ was? The demon. He says, which is incredible, out loud to hear, Jesus Son of the Most High God. Who said that? The demon. Because he knew who this was. So who is this Christ? Who is this? I was reading St. Justin Popovic, uh, and he's got some beautiful descriptions of the Lord, so I wanted to use that a bit uh, and help us kind of uh, be attracted to that piece of our, our God. Uh, St. Justin says, the God-man, perfectly revealed God, perfectly revealed man. And that perfectly revealed man is the reason why we are attached to him, united to him in baptism. Because when you are baptized into Christ, that baptismal water unites you to the glorified humanity of Christ. And you become then all that Christ is by Nature, you become by grace. Think about that for a minute. God imparts his divine energies to you so you can live very powerfully the Christian life. You are filled with all the virtues. You are united to the glorified humanity of Christ and participate and his divine energies. So how are you doing? So for me, it's to understand uh, this complete presence of God in life. You know, life just gets in the way sometimes. We just, it, it finds a way to distract us from this reality of who God is and where God is. You know, I, I, I say it to myself, I, I feel it at times, I hear it from others. God just doesn't seem present. He seems distant. So where is he? I love this prayer of St. Patrick. This is so good. So where's God? Christ be with, with, be with me. Christ within me. Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ win me, Christ to comfort me, Christ to restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in the hearts of all, Christ in friend, Christ in stranger. Where is Christ? Everywhere. You can't find a place he isn't. So don't think that he's somewhere distant. You may be somewhere distant. He's never distant. You know, our mind can take us to place, well, where's God? No, where are you? That should be the first question. Where's your mind? Where are your thoughts? What's driving you? So where's God? Well, first you need to say, God is everywhere. 
He's within me. He's above me. He's beside me. He's behind me. He's below me. He's everywhere. So I need to make this effort to always turn myself to this God who is always present. Never not present. And because we're united to him, we have these great qualities that St. Justin uh, equates to uh, our Christian life. One is goodness, to be good like Christ is good, to be kindly to others, to be that, that kind person, that kind word, that kind action toward another person, that Christ to them. Truth, to be the truth. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have a society now that's searching for truth everywhere. It's one place. Jesus Christ is the truth. The truth. And so we, we find that and we live that and we can, we can express that piece of our faith to others. I live in the truth. This is the truth. And proclaim that truth. To be wise. To give a wise word. To give a wise thought, to, give, uh, to act wisely, to speak wisely to others. You know, I remember uh, Mother Victoria told me one time about this, and I've said this before. Before we say something, we should say, what should I say? How should I say it? When should I say it? Should I say it at all? If you pause enough times in your life before you speak and think those four things, I tell you one thing, you'll speak a lot less. And your speech will be very good. <laughs> and a light, to be light to others. Christ is the light that lights in you and you share that light with others. You know, I've been remiss about going to the monastery uh, St. Barbara Monastery, and I was fortunate this week to go on Wednesday. And I want, you all know this, who know her, Mother Victoria is a light. A light. And it's interesting, because I go there, and you're, you know, all the thoughts I leave, when I leave there, I leave just with a quiet soul. Quiet. It's like I'm not thinking about a bunch of other stuff, I'm just quiet. It's a beautiful thing when you enter and touch the light of God. It just quiets life. So touch it. Um, so our life, to draw near to God, St. Justin uh, talks about the importance of the church in drawing near to God and living in Christ. He says, the church, Christ to the church. Christ is its essence, its purpose, its meaning, and her ultimate value. To us, Christ, the church reveals to us Christ and his kingdom. Christ is her soul, Christ is her heart, Christ is her life. When I read this, I recall these words of St. John Chrysostom. I just want to share them with you. I've shared them before, but they're very powerful. Because the church is such an important piece of life, such an important piece of our, our faith, or our drawing near to God. And the more we come here, the better off we will be. Say it again. The more we come here, the better off we will be. 
Why is that? Let's hear from St. John Chrysostom. Just as a calm and sheltered harbor provides great security to the ships moored there, so does the temple of God. When people enter it, it snatches them away from worldly affairs as from a storm. It gives them the capacity to stand and listen to God's words in calm and security. This place is the bedrock of virtue, the school of spiritual life. You need only to set foot on the threshold of a church. And once you're liberated from the cares of daily life, go in onto the church and a spiritual dew will envelop your soul. The stillness there moves you to awe and teaches you how to live spiritually. It elevates your thoughts and prevents you from remembering things or matters belonging to this present life. It transports you from earth to heaven. And if there's such great gain when simply being in church, when no service is going on, then how much benefit will you now, people derive from being present when the holy apostles proclaim the gospel? When Christ stands in our midst, God the Father receives the mysteries that are performed and the Holy Spirit gives us his joy. This is the church. This is Christ revealed in the church. This is the kingdom of God. We should just be so grateful that God has given us all these beautiful gifts to us. So I want to, uh, one more thing, the power to change. So God changes the demoniac, puts him in his right mind and tells him to go proclaim what he had done uh, to others. So God gives us, too, in this union, union with him, the power to change, to, be, to become better, to be transformed more and more into his likeness. But the question is, do we want to change? You know, I, it still blows my mind. The people of the gatherings, how did they respond when they saw this power of God enter their midst? Please leave, Jesus. That's what he said. He said, ask Jesus. Why? Because things would be very different in their life. Their life would be totally, maybe, maybe radically changed if they let Christ stay there and transform them. So I think sometimes, you know, that's the question we ask ourselves, do I really want to be different? Do I like all the things about myself? Maybe there's some app that I don't want to give up, so Lord, depart from me. Is this what we do sometimes? You know, I think we have to be, uh, this idea of changing, I remember uh, as a, uh, I think it was, junior high, high school, and we were, it was at the Congregational Church, and I was growing up, and this same kind of thing was preached. Do you want to totally give your life to God? And in those days, my thought was, I don't want to be a missionary and go to Africa and serve the poor. Over there. Like, that's what it meant to me. No, 
It's, a, it's an external thing. You know what it really means? It's an internal thing. Do you really want God to change you internally? Do you want him to do that work? To get after stuff in you? I think we have to really be honest with ourselves and say, yes, I, I pray we say, yes, Lord, please. Even if I'm a little afraid of this, because it may be a radical change in life, a radical change in habits. Maybe some things you like to do that you know right now you should not be doing. So this question we have, and I think it's important for us to ask it, or do, do I desire you that much to accept anything you want to do with me, to change me more and more into your likeness? You know, am I, am I angry, and do I use that anger to, uh, to push people away? Do I use it to keep things alive in me? Do I envy others? and use that envy to kind of compare myself and to be upset at people? Am I gluttonous, lustful? Do I lack self-control? I know these things are not good, and do I need to change them? And we know that all these things bring darkness and depression and despair into life. But if we look at the other side of this and say, God, help me be forgiving and loving. I don't want to hold on to my anger. Help me be content and thankful for what you've given me. Not envious. Help me be controlled, my appetites, be temperate. And in that, find joy and peace. So we have a choice, really, in terms of the outcome of our decision here. Do I want to be, live in the vices and live in despair and depression? In darkness, is that where I want to go? Or do I want to live in love, forgiveness, contentment, self-control, and find joy and peace? Okay, darkness and depression, joy and peace. And you know that's true. You know that's true. I remember when I was traveling with Mother Melania down to L.A., she was writing... A, um, uh, a paper, actually a PhD on John, St. John Chrysostom. Um, and she was working on uh, mental illness and uh, some other things. Some, some things from St. John Chrysostom. She says, you know, Father Nicholas, St. John says there's only two categories of people. The saints and the insane. Think about it. Okay, joy and peace. That's a saintly life, right? Darkness and depression. That's insanity, right? Like, which one do you choose? This is the reality of our life. We have to see how important it is to choose those, practice those virtues. It doesn't happen overnight, and we know we don't change overnight. But we have to decide, Lord, I don't want to live on this dark side anymore. Help me live on this light side, the bright side of things. So, beloved, help us, Lord, to move in this direction. May we be uh, 
as St. James was devoted to you, Lord. May we commit ourselves and draw near to you. May you be within us as an example all around us, and may we commit, Lord, to be transformed more into image and likeness and find joy and peace. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.